November 11th, Hebrews chapter 10, verses 18 through 39. Now when sins have been forgiven, there is no need to offer any more sacrifices. And so, dear brothers and sisters, we can boldly enter heaven's most holy place because of the blood of Jesus. This is the new, life-giving way that Christ has opened up for us through the sacred curtain by means of His death for us. And since we have a great high priest who rules over God's people, let us go right into the presence of God, with true hearts fully trusting Him. For our evil consciences have been sprinkled with Christ's blood to make us clean, and our bodies have been washed with pure water. Without wavering, let us hold tightly to the hope we say we have, for God can be trusted to keep His promise. Think of ways to encourage one another to outbursts of love and good deeds. And let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do, but encourage and warn each other, especially now that the day of His coming back again is drawing near. Dear friends, if we deliberately continue sinning after we have received a full knowledge of the truth, there is no other sacrifice that will cover these sins. There will be nothing to look forward to but the terrible expectation of God's judgment and the raging fire that will consume His enemies. Anyone who refused to obey the law of Moses was put to death without mercy on the testimony of two or three witnesses. Think how much more terrible the punishment will be for those who have trampled on the Son of God and have treated the blood of the covenant as if it were common and unholy. Such people have insulted and enraged the Holy Spirit, who brings God's mercy to His people. For we know the One who said, I will take vengeance, I will repay those who deserve it. He also said, The Lord will judge His own people. It is a terrible thing to fall into the hands of the living God. Don't ever forget those early days when you first learned about Christ. Remember how you remained faithful, even though it meant terrible suffering. Sometimes you were exposed to public ridicule and were beaten, and sometimes you helped others who were suffering the same things. You suffered along with those who were thrown into jail. When all you owned was taken from you, you accepted it with joy. You knew you had better things waiting for you in eternity. Do not throw away this confident trust in the Lord, no matter what happens. Remember the great reward it brings you. Patient endurance is what you need now, so you will continue to do God's will. Then you will receive all that He has promised. For in just a little while, the coming one will come and not delay and a righteous person will live by faith. But I will have no pleasure in anyone who turns away. But we are not like those who turn their backs on God and seal their fate. We have faith that assures our salvation. This week's Bible Meditation Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not on thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths.
word in the prepared speech of the wayward son is worthy. I'm no longer worthy. I'm no longer worthy. And I'm telling you, there's a reason God says in the story, I ignored the speech. Because when it comes to your relationship with God because of Jesus, listen to me, it has nothing to do with your strengths or your weaknesses. Your relationship with God, your standing with God, your right relationship, hear me again, has nothing to do with your accomplishments, your strengths, or your failures, or your weaknesses. For the relationship that we are granted with God comes through Jesus Christ, and He did for us what we cannot do for ourselves. Here's the problem. When we receive the embrace of grace, because it is illogical, and it is mysterious, and it is hard to resolve, it's not a math problem, it's not a perfect science, it's a love from another realm, from the perfect, most brilliant being of all time. While he's hugging us, we want to explain to him either what we've done for him or why he shouldn't hug us because we've done nothing for him. And I want you to know that you will find it frustrating in years to come because God will ignore that. He won't do anything about it. And, it's, and, and it gets frustrating. Our biggest, in my opinion, I'm going to say this in my opinion, the two greatest obstacles that we will face in fully embracing Jesus and enjoying friendship and relationship with God on levels we have yet to experience will be two things, our strengths and our weaknesses. I want to talk to you tonight how you are now. For those of us that have accepted Jesus, those of you that are considering it, this will be a great opportunity for you to consider as well. When it comes to your strengths and weaknesses, we don't talk about this enough, you are supposed to relate to them completely different now. Let me give you an example. So, strength, what's a normal relationship with your strengths? Let's, let's, this is not rocket science. You're proud of it. You're like, yeah, that's what I do. Yo, that's what I do, man. It ain't even a thing for me, this is what I do. Your strength is that thing everybody goes, wow! And you're like, right? I know, it's crazy. You know what it is, right? And what's your relationship with your weaknesses? Embarrassed. I don't want nobody to see them. I don't, I'm just, uh, I'm, I'm embarrassed. That way of relating to your strengths and weaknesses has to completely change, or you will be perpetually frustrated in your journey with Jesus. Before we go any further, I want to tell you what your new relationship will be with strengths and weaknesses. You will see both of them as a gift, and it will transform your spiritual journey. And let, let, let me explain. So we're going we're gonna to dive into strengths first, and then we're going to conclude with weaknesses. How am I to relate to my strengths. First of all, I want to say this, you ought to work on your strengths, you ought to maximize your strengths, you ought to have confidence around your strengths, you ought to be somebody who says, yeah, you know what, I am good at that. If you're good at something, go ahead and admit you're good at something. That's what you do. God has given you those strengths and they came by way of a gift. My favorite term for strengths is giftings. That was a big, big spit. I'm an absolute nightmare tonight. You have giftings. You have giftings. You have giftings. So here comes Jesus. He's like, hey, son, I love you. And you come in for the hug. 
with your giftings that you're proud of. Jesus comes in for a hug and you're like, hey. And he's like, kind of wanted a full frontal. Give me the big hug. So, well, I, I just wanted to show you that I'm, I'm I kind of get it. You probably came here to hug me because of these. <laughs> I know. Right? And I've been working really hard. And I just want you to know, um, I am really here to help your cause. And this is the point I want to make tonight. Are we, are we helping God or are we following Him? Because that's where things get frustrated when all of a sudden I'm here to help. And God's like, oh, I didn't, oh, I, didn't, I didn't need help, bro. Like some of us think the Bible starts like this. In the beginning, God needed help. Some of us live, live with Jesus like He said, help me instead of follow me. And we run around like Jesus' little helpers. Talking about well, what I do for the kingdom and what I do for the Lord, really only I can do. That's why God chose me. So I'm all up in here helping God. That is an erroneous view of God. Can I say something? If God needs help, he's not God. You can't be God if you need help. That means you are not complete or whole. Therefore, you have a deficiency and you need help. That disqualifies Jesus as a savior. He who knew no sin, didn't need any help, didn't have any problems, didn't have any issues. He could do for you and me what we could not do for ourselves because he could help you because he didn't need no help. That's the gospel, right? Psalm 109, verses 1 through 31. For the choir director, a psalm of David. O God, whom I praise, don't stand silent and aloof while the wicked slander me and tell lies about me. They're all around me with their hateful words, and they fight against me for no reason. I love them, but they try to destroy me, even as I am praying for them. They return evil for good, and hatred for my love. Arrange for an evil person to turn on him. Send an accuser to bring him to trial. When his case is called for judgment, let him be pronounced guilty. Count his prayers as sins. Let his years be few. Let his position be given to someone else. May his children become fatherless, and may his wife become a widow. May his children wander as beggars. May they be evicted from their ruined homes. May creditors seize his entire estate, and strangers take all he has earned. Let no one be kind to him. Let no one pity his fatherless children. May all his offspring die. May his family name be blotted out in a single generation. May the Lord never forget the sins of his ancestors. May his mother's sins never be erased from the record. May these sins always remain before the Lord, but may His name be cut off from human memory. For He refused all kindness to others. He persecuted the poor and needy, and He hounded the brokenhearted to death. He loved to curse others, 
Now you curse him. He never blessed others. Now don't you bless him. Cursing is as much a part of him as his clothing, or as the water he drinks, or the rich food he eats. Now may his curses return and cling to him like clothing. May they be tied around him like a belt. May those curses become the Lord's punishment for my accusers, who are plotting against my life. But deal with me, O Sovereign Lord, for the sake of your own reputation. Rescue me, because you are so faithful and good, for I am poor and needy, and my heart is full of pain. I am fading like a shadow at dusk. I am falling like a grasshopper that is brushed aside. My knees are weak from fasting, and I am skin and bones. I am an object of mockery to people everywhere. When they see me, they shake their heads. Help me, O Lord my God. Save me because of your unfailing love. Let them see that this is your doing, that you yourself have done it, Lord. Then let them curse me if they like, but you will bless me. When they attack me, they will be disgraced. But I, your servant, will go right on rejoicing. Make their humiliation obvious to all. Clothe my accusers with disgrace. But I will give repeated thanks to the Lord, praising Him to everyone, for He stands beside the needy, ready to save them from those who condemn them. Proverbs 27, verse 13 Be sure to get collateral from anyone who guarantees the debt of a stranger. Get a deposit if someone guarantees the debt of an adulterous woman.